Welcome to the Black Doctor Collective Podcast. We as Black doctors are in a unique position. We can change our communities, healthcare, and the world. Of course, we start by changing the way we see and value ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Shanika Horn, pediatrician and physician coach, travel extraordinaire. I am so happy to have you here and listening. So let's get into it. This episode of the Black Doctor Collective Podcast is sponsored by the Black Doctor Coaching Program, where I show early career attendings to use the life they visualize as a roadmap to create their real life. And how do I do that? I have them explore the options, committing only to the best one or two, eliminate people-pleasing, learning to say no, and to be more efficient, and executing by creating a system for removing objections and obstacles. If you're interested in the Black Doctor Coaching Program, please reach out via DM on Instagram at the Black Doctor, BLK Doctor, or on Gmail at the Black Doctor at gmail.com. Welcome back, folks. It's our anniversary. Hey, it's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. Okay, you don't have to listen to any more of my singing. It has been one year since I started the podcast. I mean, can we get into it? I'm really excited. I did this for a whole year. I think when I started, I had some doubts. I'm not going to lie. But I plugged through and it has been really fun, actually. More fun than I thought it was going to be and not as hard as I thought it was going to be. So for all of y'all who've been listening since day one, shout out to you. And for everyone who is joining us, we are so happy to have you here. Just come on in, get comfortable because we talk about the real. Okay, so I thought this would be a fantastic episode to go back to my foundational story. And if you've been here a while, you might have heard some version of this, but of course, there's going to be some new elements to it. I, and really specifically, I want to talk about what we need to believe in order to get what we want. So when I was in residency, probably around second year, going into third year, I would say, I realized none of the job prospects that I knew of, which was just working at a hospital or working in a clinic were appealing to me. I don't think I knew it at the time per se, but I was already really burnt out with medicine and I was trying to toxic positivity my way out of it. I was having all these internal conversations, telling myself these affirmations, like I could survive anything for a finite period of time. If you've ever had a conversation with me about anything that I'm doing that I think is hard, that's probably a line that I've used at some point in our conversation. So I thought, okay, I'm having a hard time, but this is a finite period. So let me try to self-care my way out of it. And I was thinking of self-care in almost a traditional way. So I'm just going to rest when I can, especially if I have a weekend off and maybe I'll try to go to a spa every once in a while. The other thing I was doing 
was overindulging in my food. It was that I deserve a treat mentality. So I'm struggling at this job and I'm going to reward myself with a delicious chocolate chip cookie from Ablon Pen because we had one of those in our hospital. Or I was going to go out to happy hour after work and hit up Grand Lux Cafe or Cheesecake Factory and have a delicious Buffalo Blast or some kind of cocktail and dessert. My eating habits were just terrible. In residency, in the ICU months, you were on call 24-hour shifts. I mean, 24 hours were really like 30 hours, but okay. Um, But we had a little call room. And I remember on a PICU month, I decorated the call room walls with affirmations in bright colors. This call room was literally a closet. It was only big enough for the twin bed. It was like the full length of a twin bed. And just next to the twin bed was the computer on wheels and a little chair across from it. They weren't even, they couldn't even line up. So the door was like in the center of one wall. And on one side was the chair and the other side was the computer. And then the bed was the rest of the room. And I just remember spending so much time in that room and getting to that room and trying to elicit a sense of calm within myself that I was not feeling in the workplace. And so there were so many things I was trying to process. I didn't even know what to call them. I had a lot of emotions, but I put the affirmations on the wall. So my favorite affirmation was something like, be a duck, calm and smooth on the surface, but paddling like hell underneath the water. And that felt very much how my life was. Because I remember people saying how calm I was in a situation. And I was thinking, huh, externally I look calm, but internally the conversations are running at a hundred miles an hour. So the duck affirmation was one of those things like, oh yes, I can be like a duck. I can let things roll off like water off a duck's back and no one will see that I've that they've ruffled my feathers or anything like that. And there was a lot of duck, duck affirmations. That was just one of many. And I would lay in the little twin bed. I mean, that thing was so uncomfortable. The little springs would sometimes poke you in the back or there would be a sink in the middle. But I'd be reading my little wall affirmations and just allowing that to be my peaceful moment because I really didn't have control over anything else. So when you're seeking safety and control, you're just going to fix the things that are immediate to you that you feel like you can have a handle on. So I couldn't control my schedule, but I could make my call room pretty with these little stickies, these little colorful pieces of paper. But that doesn't actually address anything, right? So I'm getting through and I'm still repeating to myself just a finite period of time. And as I'm approaching graduation, I'm looking at my attendings and they all look like their lives suck. They were so unhappy. They complained all the time. They gossiped a lot. And this is some attendings. Obviously, this is not all. But there was a handful whom we were exposed to a lot who just did not seem like they were thrilled with their jobs. And I was like, if this is what this looks like, this is terrible. I I do not want to do this. 
I just remember feeling like people were picking their subspecialties and they were maybe applying for fellowships. And some people were doing general pediatric rotations at local clinics in order to try to set jobs up. And I wasn't doing any of those things because all of that looked like trash and I don't want it. It felt crazy because my identity, it was not congruent with my identity. My identity said that I should be grateful to be there and that I should want all of these things, but I didn't want it. I'm just thinking, because I'm from a single mother household, I'm first generation, all the things, first generation American, first generation American doctor. So for me to get to this point and I felt like everyone is watching and now I'm like, I don't want it. That sounds mad crazy, like wild. What? Is that even a choice for me? So I started with asking, well, let me at least see what I like. I love travel. So, okay, let me see if there's some global health things I can do because I have I do have a public health degree. I had been interested in global health in the past, even in residency. In medical school, I did it. I went to Thailand. I went to Kenya on medical trips. In residency, I decided to take an elective, my call-free month, and go to Ecuador and Peru. So I'm like, okay, international medicine, this might be a thing. And that's how I ended up following this global health fellowship path because I was thinking okay at least it's not the options of hospital and clinic that I did not even want here's a third option I was thinking that might work for me so I go through this fellowship but (laughs) jokes on me because in the fellowship I'm basically working as a general pediatric attending just in these different settings especially in the U.S. sites, I was really a regular general pediatrician. When I left the country, of course, that was a different experience. But here, it's like I just became what I was avoiding at half the pay. Not even half the pay. A quarter? 25%? I mean, I was making nothing. And so I get to the end of fellowship and I'm like, well... Dang, it's still the same options. I'm still a general pediatrician because global health is in an accredited specialty. Yes, I can work outside the country and I've made some connections, but I'm still literally practicing the thing I was running from. And so the consideration at that point is, well, do I want to do another fellowship or am I going to go be an attending in a hospital or a clinic? And I still don't like any of those choices. So I just got to this moment where I was like, well, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to go take a break. I decided I'm going to take a couple months off. Let me figure out what I want to do because I already felt like I could not keep going down that road. I know how unhappy it will make me and my principle of... I can get through it for a finite period of time didn't apply because it was looking like this kind of work was going to be infinite. (laughs) I'm not going to make it if that's the case. So, all right, let me go ahead and take this break. To take a break while being brokes.com, coming out off this fellowship salary, getting paid once a month, that's no joke. I had bought a car during the pandemic 
during fellowship because my sites were in Navajo Nation. It's not like there's a train. I mean, there's a train, but it's cross country. It's not neighborhood. Um, there's no bus. You got to have a car to move around. So I had a car note that I was paying. I had bills, student loans. And I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? But at the same time, I also know that I cannot. I cannot continue. I kind of knew of locums because there were locums physicians at my fellowship sites. That's kind of where I got the first hint of people doing locums as a career, as a job. And I wasn't sure it was something that I could do, but also in my mind, I was so burnt that I felt like, oh, I'm done with clinical medicine. I just need to figure out something else. So I take this break and I mean, of course it was hard. It's not just like, oh, let me just take a break. Like I said, bills. I think that that was the hard part was being done with fellowship and people asking me, well, what are you doing next? What are you going to work on? Where are you going? And I had this whole conversation going internally, subconsciously, because I went to a Caribbean med school. Like I told you, I think about all the things that were that were making me who I was, but I was looking at it from a deficit perspective. So I was like single mother household, definitely took out all these loans to get here. My whole family and community is rooting for me. I went to a Caribbean medical school. I had a whole complex. I went to a community-based residency. There was no prestige necessarily in these places, but I was really happy to be moving along this journey and everyone was so proud. And then I go to this fellowship at UCSF, which is a huge institution, especially with the program that I did in global health. And they're so well-connected and so like, I don't know, popular in the medical community. When you say the program name, people know it. And there's like a momentum behind it. Even where I worked in Liberia, that had prestige because the doctor who created the nonprofit that I worked for in Liberia stopped being the CEO of that organization because he was recruited by the Biden administration. Like they are so well connected. And here I am coming out of this program and I'm like, I ain't got no job. It just sounds terrible. Like they wasted their resources on me or something. Even in the last year, I was looking for jobs and I thought, "Mm, okay, let me reach out from some of the connections I made. For example, I was at a conference and I went to the poster presentation and I was chatting with some doctors about their work in global health. And when I mentioned my program, they were like, oh, we know that program. These doctors turned out to be working through Harvard. Um, And they wanted to talk to me about positions to work through their Indian Health Service Program partnership with Harvard on reservations. And so when I thought about, okay, well, let me connect to these people. I really wanted work. I was like, well, I, I I want a job. Maybe, I mean, I enjoyed my time when I worked in Navajo Nation tremendously. Maybe this could be a thing. And I started talking to these doctors, right? And they are like, only, I feel like they gave me the time of day because I came out of this prestigious program, this global health program. And I'm also not working. (laughs) So 
they start talking to me about this job. And then I'm thinking, I'm not moving to North Dakota. And also this job literally sounds like all the things I hate about medicine in that I was going to be somewhere alone without support, which tends, I know for me, tends to lead to me having bad boundaries. Because if I feel like I'm the only one providing care in a community, I'm definitely going to work well beyond what I want to work because I feel an obligation to the people in the community. And if I'm the only one there or if the support is not great, then I end up doing more in my role. And I don't even necessarily know that that turns out to me doing a good job, right? Because internally, I'm tired and resentful probably. And externally, I'm just so busy that you rush or you just don't do great work. I think, you know, the environment of how you work and how you practice medicine is really important. And I think we unlearn that in residency because we probably go through a lot of crap in residency and we figure, well, if we can survive that, but that's not an ideal way to practice medicine. And if you're going to have a career in something and make it sustainable, that's definitely not the way to do it. So here I go, jobless, turning down Harvard. Like, how dare I? I could have Harvard on my resume right now. But as it goes, I already have a history of saying no to things. So let me continue to be audacious with my no's. The thing is, it's not that I didn't want a job, or but I just wasn't willing to sacrifice in certain ways. I knew for certain what I did not want. The disconnect I think I was having was I was aiming for a job, right? But that wasn't actually the goal. The goal was to practice medicine in a specific way, in a way that felt fulfilling, in a way that felt sustainable. And so anything that didn't match that, even though I don't know if that was a conscious belief or subconsciously, maybe it was conscious, but anything that didn't match that, I didn't accept. So my goal, I think always is I like to like myself in any scenario, in any friendship, in any relationship. I want to trust myself. I want to be in places that help me foster self-trust, that help me foster loyalty to myself because those things are damaged as a result of residency. My self-trust, my ability to state what I wanted, to put my internal like needs first rather than the external tasks of the job. I know a lot of y'all feel that way. We would deny going to the bathroom. We would deny eating. We would deny sleeping in order to try to get through another note or put in one more order or go and read one more image or check a lab. And you're taught to prioritize everything over yourself. And so knowing that I was trying to unlearn that, I decided the easiest way to do it is to just not enter that environment. I've made a lot of decisions to get to that place. And so I figured my decision-making compass is not all that bad because it got me here, right? And so trusting myself and building on that has not led me astray. And I don't hold the times that I made a bad decision against myself. I think that I'm not more scared to make a decision than I am to stay where it hurts me. Let me say that again. (laughs) 
I think there's a fear that we will make a bad decision, but I would rather make a bad decision than stay in some place that hurt me. Because at least if I went to some place that was worse, at least I know I tried to rescue myself. And I trusted that the situation was bad enough that I needed to get out. And so I'm always willing to try something new. I'm always willing to make a decision or turn something down that doesn't, I feel like, support the goals I have for myself and doesn't support me loving myself. I'm always going to support myself in that. I am still a black woman. I'm still a doctor. I still love to serve. I still love compromising. I still want to give. I still want to people please. I always say that my love language is providing value, but I'm at the place where it is never going to be at the expense of myself. So I finished global health. I didn't know what to do. I took a break because all along I was trying to navigate from burnout, away from abusive, toxic workplaces. And that is how I ended up here. That's how I ended up creating The Black Doctor because I stopped and had time to think. I had to think about what I felt. In stopping, it made me realize I didn't hate clinical medicine. I think that was my first inclination. And and even if you go back to how I used to market the coaching program was teaching people how to quit. Now, I will still teach you how to quit because that sometimes really is the answer. It just is. I took my break. I have no regrets about it. I will still teach people how to do it. I think if you're too busy and too under the weight of an oppressive system, it's really hard for you to reflect on what you truly want. So sometimes getting to the root of what is your purpose and the life you want to live involves quitting. It just does. But I in I realized in stopping that I didn't hate medicine, but I needed to practice a certain way. Certain parameters had to be present for me to enjoy the work. And then I thought about the fact that we always focus on diversity in terms of recruitment. We always want to recruit as many black applicants, medical students, residents, because we do feel that diversity is the answer. However, these people get tossed around in the system and tracked upon, what's a good word, trampled on. That's what I was trying to say. We get stomped out, our light gets stomped out, our desires to serve ourselves, the need to self-care, to love ourselves, all of that stuff falls by the wayside over years of years of repetitive abuse and bullying and gaslighting and all the things that happen in residency and the poor way that we train residents. And so sometimes taking a break or a lot of times just reflecting, I do this a lot in my coaching program and helping people identify their vision. And that is stepping outside of the chaos. The first thing I do on my onboarding is teaching you how to step out of the chaos so that you can think, so that you can understand what it is that you need and not in the lens of, am I going to disappoint someone else or am I going to hurt someone else or is this going to hurt me? Is this good for me? Because we love certainty. It's hard to be certain about anything when you're feeling a whole lot of bad, when things feel unstable, when you don't feel safe and secure in your job and your position. And so that's the first step. 
is getting yourself to a place where you feel safe making a decision about your future life. I could not have done any of that if I hadn't taken that break, if I hadn't trusted myself, if I hadn't continuously been working on myself to even rebuild that self-trust that I lost probably since medical school and definitely in residency. And so because I took this step, because I was willing to go out on a limb, start this podcast, start connecting to doctors who are, if you haven't listened to my guest episodes, you should because they are fantastic. It's all a lot of stories about all the different possibilities, which I didn't know when I was graduating residency. Um, But in taking this risk and starting these new things and starting this venture and thinking about retention for black physicians, it just really became an opportunity for me, a new opportunity to look at how to design my own career and to help teach others how to design their own career, how to maximize our income, how to make money in a different way. Make my, have my money make money. I love that phrase. Have your money make money. You should not just be spending your paycheck. And I did that through several options. I started doing locums. I started the black doctor. I did that through teaching myself how to trade, how to invest, how to understand the stock market. Because for me, I was like, oh, I can learn anything. And I did. And I decided that that wasn't necessarily the way I was going to earn money was trading because day trading is time consuming and it requires research. And I just wasn't that into it. Um, But just being able to see the options, getting a financial advisor who can educate me on tax reduction and wealth building versus retirement. There's just a lot of things that we don't know when we come out of training and we don't even know how to process our trauma from training. And so the opportunity that I have to do that is not lost on me. My ending achievement to trusting myself and to supporting those around me is that I created this really customized, non-traditional career. And I talk about it all the time. I now travel as much as I want because I build it into my contract. I am very explicit about what I want and don't want in my contracts. I make my contract short so that I can include it in the next contract if I come up with something new. I've taught myself and I teach others how to stand up for themselves at any step along the way, how to build boundaries and execute at any step of the way. It is never too late to ask for something new. It is never too late to determine that you have a new vision or a new purpose you want to pursue. All of these things are available to us. It's our mind. It's our amygdala, my girl back there in the brain that wants to keep me safe and doesn't want me to expend energy that convinces me not to try something new or not to walk away when a situation is bad. But I got her under control. I can help you control yours too. It's my specialty. Um, But literally, I turned my experience and my resources, my connections with other doctors into a coaching practice because if i can do it and it makes medicine sustainable for me then other people can do it i can certainly teach them how to live with less uncertainty 
I can certainly help them have a more defined process. All of that is available. I love that this is an option. I love contributing to retention or not. I love having people feel safe in their work environments because so many attendings don't feel that safety. So many black women don't feel that safety. We already know we are getting underpaid. Like let's do what we have to do to get out of any kind of scenario that sets us up for that kind of stuff because hashtag soft life, we are going to live soft lives. Our ancestors wanted it. They lived hard lives. We do not have to earn rest. We deserve it. That is my message for the week. I hope this was a good, informative podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening to my story. And if you are one of the individuals in my audience that are interested in coaching, understanding how coaching works, figuring out if it's something that could work for you, if I'm the right coach for you, like I always say, I am available to you. Please just send me a message. You can send it through my website, which is theblackdoctor.com. It's probably my least preferred method. I'd prefer it if you emailed me at theblackdoctor at gmail or sent me a DM on Instagram because I know for sure I will respond to you and we can have conversations. All right, guys, until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that you are able to envision a life that brings you joy and gives you thrills and yeah I want that for you okay bye thank you so much for listening please subscribe to the podcast and what I want you to do next is write a review I'm going to make this so easy for you just go ahead and give me five stars but also leave a comment that tells me how we can be off the charts. I want you to link us everywhere you can, Instagram at The Black Doctor, The Black Doctor website to join our newsletter. Just become part of our collective. I want you here. Thanks, until next time, bye.